0: We're going to talk about this guy named Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19 verse 1. It says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. Now listen to verse 10 very carefully. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Did you know the name Zacchaeus? It means righteous one. Isn't that pretty amazing? It's it's pretty interesting. I mean, because of this man's occupation, he was not living up to his name. (laughs) He was a horrible individual. He was a tax collector, he was the low of the low. Like, it was like, you know, you had your. Your pecking order in the Jewish communities, and all the way down, and then all of a sudden you get to the Samaritans and then the tax collectors. They were the low of the low. Why? Because they had cheated their people out of money. They didn't just take the taxes that you owed, they would also take a little bit extra. And so they were very wealthy because they had cheated the people. And not only that, but he had turned his back on his own group of people to become this tax collector, and he started working for Rome. And so he, they, they hated him. They didn't want to have nothing to do with him. And the thing about Zacchaeus, he wasn't just a tax collector. Because see, Matthew, one of the 12 disciples, was a tax collector as well. But, but Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. In other words, he was probably in charge of several people. And so he had this little... Uh, this little um, uh, uh, monopoly going on here, I mean, he had, he had it all. He was going out. He was doing everything that he could to go steal as much money, to get as much money. So this man was very wealthy. Now, we don't, under, we don't know all the details of why all of a sudden Zacchaeus wanted to see who this Jesus was, but we do know that Zac was short verse 3 says he was short he was short he could not see over the crowd so i mean he was a short man so like anyone that couldn't see what are you going to do you're going to try to get your place up front where you can see you're going to get the best position when i go to the movies i like you can ask my girls I, we get there early you know why we get there early i want it i want the best seat in my opinion and usually for me It's about, I don't know, four or five rows from the top down and about the middle. And I like to go in there and sit. And to me, that's the perfect seat. You can ask them. If they sit in my seat, I say, what are you doing? Scoot over. This is my seat. What do you mean this is your seat? I said, I want that seat. That's the one I want. And they move because that's the seat I want. I want the perfect spot. I want to be able to see. So I can only imagine Zacchaeus. Here he was. He's short. He couldn't see nobody. You know because he was so short and as he's deciding he's like, you know Hey, I I need to go to where get to where I can see I need to go to where I can I want to I've heard these stories. I've heard these rumblings He was probably you know, uh going along people were talking about these miracles that were happening and and things that was going on and, and uh And and what jesus was doing and all these things and he's hearing this And he's like man, I gotta check this out. You ever heard people talking about people or talking about things what do you want to do? You want to go check it out, don't you? You want to go find out what's going on. You want to So what do you do? You go if you've heard, you know, maybe somebody's been talking about this uh, if you ever, I don't know if you're into concerts or if you're into uh, anything and you hear people, man, you got to go see this concert. You got to go see this group. These groups are amazing. Or if you've heard maybe a play, there's a play that's out. You know what, a few years ago, Hamilton was huge. You know, everybody wanted to go see Hamilton in New York. You know, it was big. What is it? You, you got it. You, you plan the trip. You make the plans to go see this. And that's what happens. Zacchaeus is understanding. He's knowing something's going on. He's heard things about Jesus. So he wants to go find out who this Jesus is. So it says that he runs ahead and he gets his spot, okay? He climbs up in a tree. He finds his spot that he knows that he can see Jesus as Jesus comes. Because he wants to know what is so great and what's so grand that everyone is talking about this man Jesus and that's what he does he's got to find his spot he's got to get to that place that he can understand everything you know uh he had this childlike excitement about him right uh can i just tell you that uh uh, uh men uh in uh uh during that time period especially wealthy men they're not going to run anywhere you know what i mean and they're especially not going to climb a tree, but Zacchaeus had this childlike atmosphere about him. And you know what? You know what Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, verse 17? He says, Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That day, Zac became like a little child. He wanted to see Jesus, and then the invitation comes. Why in the world would Jesus want to come to his house? That's what Zacchaeus is wondering. Why would Jesus want to come to my house? I'm a sinner. I'm a terrible person. I've done terrible things. I've done things that nobody would even, would even want me to be around them because of the things that I've done. Why would anybody want to come to my house? And so Jesus extends an invitation says, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house today. I'm coming to eat with you. Can I tell you there's something different? What happens if, if, you, if you want somebody to come to your house and you just want them to come and, and, and you're not planning on them staying for a long time, the last thing you're going to do is offer them a meal. You know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, you can come over to my house. We can drink some coffee. And that that's the easy way out to get them not to stay very long, right? Now, now I know what's going to happen. Y'all are going to invite people over for coffee and they know that you're not going to want them to stay there very long. But that's what happens, right? Hey, why don't you come over to the house? And, or, or if you really don't want them to stay long, you don't offer them nothing. <laughs> hey, here's a can of soda on the way out the door, you know. Here, you can take that and be on your way. But what happens if you want somebody to stick around for a while? You invite them in for a meal, right? And Jesus was making an opportunity, he was taking an opportunity to spend some time with Zacchaeus. He wanted to take some time and spend with Zacchaeus. And so he says, I'm coming to your house and I'm not just coming to visit But I'm coming to stay for a little bit. I want to eat with you. I want to hang out with you. I want to talk with you. Matter of fact, the people that were there, they're thinking, man, I can't believe this Jesus dude is going and hanging out with some sinner like the scum of the scum, like who Zacchaeus is. Why would he go to this man's house? Why would Jesus come to Zac's house? But Jesus extends an invitation to go to Zac's house. Zacchaeus is shocked. He accepts the invitation. Zacchaeus thought, now think about this. Zacchaeus thought in his mind that he was seeking Jesus, but it's the other way around. Jesus, listen to me, is seeking Zacchaeus. By nature, the lost sinner does not seek the Savior. Romans chapter 3 verse 11 says, there is no one who understands, there is no one who seeks God. You see, when Adam and Eve sinned, they hid from God, but God came and sought them out. God went looking for Adam and Eve. When Jesus was ministering on the earth, he sought out the lost, he sought out the sinner, and it's today the Holy Spirit through the church is seeking for lost Sinners, the Bible doesn't tell us how God had worked in the heart of Zacchaeus prior to this meeting with Jesus. But we can rejoice that a seeking Savior will always find a sinner who is looking for a new beginning. Amen? And there was a transformation that happened in Zach's life that day. And it all came about because Jesus sought out Zacchaeus and that's the same theme that's happening every day God wants to be close to us do you hear me do you understand that God wants to be close to us but you know what we do we tend to keep him at a distance we tend to keep him at a distance why because if we keep God at a distance he can't see all the secret things that we have going on in our life right or at least that's what we think but God wants to be close to us. That is the heart cry of God. God wants to be close to you. He loves you. He cares for you. He wants that relationship with you. And think about this. Even in the even in Jesus' most darkest moment of his life, when he was hanging on the cross between two thieves, one thief was mocking him and the other stopped him. Look at what Luke chapter 23 verse 40 through 41 says. It says, but the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. And then this thief asked Jesus a question that he didn't deserve to ask. Verse 42. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So here Jesus is. He's dying on a cross. He had already taken the sins of the world upon his life. And in the midst of his agony and the pain, this man asked for Jesus to remember him. And what did Jesus say? Verse 43 says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Even at Jesus' darkest moments, he told the thief, I'm going to be with you in paradise. Jesus wants to be with us. Even those of us that aren't worthy, that we think we're not worthy, that we think that we're not worthy enough to call him Lord. Jesus wants to be with us. He cares for us. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to spend time with you. It doesn't matter what you've done, the the vilest thing that you could possibly think of. It doesn't matter what you've done. He wants to hang out with you. He wants to spend time with you. God wants to be close to us. And then just moments after this exchange, something else powerful happens. And I want you to understand this. I think this is one of the most important things that we need to understand. This is going to prove to you that God wants to be close to us. If you look at Matthew 27, verse 50, it says, And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook The rocks split. You see, God didn't waste a moment. Do you hear what I'm saying? He didn't wait a week later. He was instant. As soon as Christ died, as soon as Jesus died on the cross, paying the price, For all of mankind's sin, God split the curtain for eternity, that curtain that represented a wall that only the high priest could walk through to make atonement for the sins of the people. But at the moment that Jesus died, God split that curtain open and gave all of us access to the throne of God. Why is that? Because God wants to be close to us. God wants to spend time with us. He wants to be with us. So as soon as Jesus died, he said, here, I'm going to make it so all of us can come to the throne room. We don't have to go to anyone else. We don't have to go and and make uh, atonement for our sins upon these sacrifices and slaughter lambs and do all these things that they used to have to do in the Old Testament. We can go straight to the throne. We don't have to rely on a priest anymore because God opened that temple, opened that veil so that we can go into the holiest of holies and worship him and have a relationship with him. And be close with Him. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants to be close to us. If you weren't sure before now, I need you to know that God wants you close. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just something for me to say or to make you think the sermon is good, but that is a genuine statement. God wants to be close to you. That is His desire. That is how much He loves you god loves you so much ephesians chapter 2 verse 13 says but now in christ jesus you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of christ it is in and through jesus that we now come close to god but the sad reality is that too many settle for distance do you hear me too many people settle for distance When Jesus paid everything to bring us close, Jesus wants to be close to us. I'm going to give you two reasons this morning that many of us try to stay at a distance from God. You hear me? Many of us, that's what we do. We try to stay at a distance from God, and I'm going to give you two reasons for that. Number one, how we see ourselves often keeps us at a distance. Zacchaeus saw himself as unworthy, And he didn't attempt to come close to Jesus. He was okay with a distant relationship with Jesus. He just assumed that was all he deserved. And most of us, because of our guilt and our shame, we feel that we are unworthy. You hear me? We we look at our sins. We look at our past. We look at the life that we have lived, and we think that, you know... I'm not not worthy enough to go and and serve as a minister. I'm not worthy enough to tell other people about Jesus. Who am I? I'm just a sinner. And we sit back and we're like, you know, I'll just keep keep Jesus over there. I'm grateful that he died on the cross for me. But we're too ashamed of our sin. Think about Adam and Eve, man. They tried hiding in the garden because they were ashamed of their sin. But it's at those times that the enemy, he wants to bring his way in. He wants to try to move in, and he wants to tell us that we are unworthy of God's love. But the Bible tells us that nothing, you hear me, there is absolutely nothing that can separate us from the love of God if we surrender our lives to him. And listen to what I'm going to tell you. I want you to write this down if you can. Sin separates us, but doesn't change God's heart towards us. Do you hear me? Sin separates us, but doesn't change God's heart towards us. No matter what you feel like you have done, don't run from God, but run to Him. Do you hear me? That thief that was on the cross with Jesus, he had plenty of reasons to doubt his worth, to doubt his value. But in the last-ditch effort, he, uh, he, he reaches out towards Jesus. The thief acknowledged who Jesus is, and he asked Jesus to remember him in his kingdom. And what did Jesus say? He didn't say next week. He didn't say tomorrow. He didn't say, you know, in 10 years from now. He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Today. Jesus wants to be next to us. It doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what our past looks like or or, or what we have or what we've been through or anything else. God wants to be with us. Jesus wants to have fellowship and time with us. And the second thing this morning, another thing that keeps us at a distance is how we see Jesus. There's a parable in the book of Luke. Probably most of you have heard it, if not all of you. It's about two sons and specifically highlights the broken journey of one of the sons who loses his way and then makes his way back to the father. Can we go to Luke chapter 15? I want to read this for you. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 11. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. It says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country See, that's the conversation he's having in his head as he's, as he's making his way back. So he got up, he went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick. Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Here's a reality as you follow Jesus. How you see Jesus will affect what you receive from Jesus how you see Jesus will affect what you receive from Jesus in both the story of Zacchaeus and the story of the lost son they both didn't think that the father would want anything to do with them because they saw God as more of a harsh judgmental and angry father rather than the all powerful creator and loving father And I can only imagine what's going through the prodigal son's mind. We don't know if this is a true story. We don't know if this was just a story that Jesus made up. All we know is this is a story that Jesus is telling. So all I can do is try to imagine what's going through the prodigal son's mind. And as he's going back home after spending all of his inheritance, I can just see him rehearsing this speech. You ever do that? Try to think about what you're going to say before you say it. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I'm going to say this. I'm going to. I need to tell him that you know, this and this, and this. so I can just see the prodigal son doing this. I can see him going through his mind. I'm going to tell my father I'm not worthy. That if he'll just hire me, you know, I, I can go and I can work and and I'll do whatever he wants me to do, and and I'll beg for his forgiveness and I'll beg. For, I mean, he, I can just see him going through this stuff in his mind, and he plans on telling his dad that he doesn't deserve to be a son anymore and he assumes that he'll be received harshly but then as he's getting closer to home can you imagine this scene with me he sees someone running towards him he he looks off in the distance you know he's, he's headed towards home i'm sure he's probably might even have his head down because he's ashamed you know what i'm talking about right He's probably got his head down thinking, man, he's probably even going over his head. What am I going to say to my father when I I see him, you know? And he probably glances up at one point, and he sees somebody coming in the distance. Remember the whole thing where you, you know, hey, you know? And it's not always what you necessarily think it is. He's probably sin. He's probably thinking, "Man, this guy's coming to jump me. They know who I am. They've gotten word. It's been sent ahead. They're coming. They're going to beat me down because I did. I disrespected my father. I basically told my father I wanted him dead. I mean, all these things are probably going through his mind. And so he's thinking there is no way. I, you know, he, and he might even get. You know, come on, man, I'm ready. You know, we're getting ready to fight. This is going. This is about to go down. And I'm sure he's probably thinking, you know, what is happening here? And then all of a sudden, I'm sure that his image starts changing and he starts seeing something a little different. Wait a second, who is that coming towards me? Who is that headed my way? And he starts seeing his father. And he's, at first he might have even thought, man, is my father mad? Is What, what kind of look is that on his face? Is, is, he, is he angry? Is he coming running at me? Does he have any weapons in his hand? Is he about to take me out? But then he starts realizing that, no, it's just his father. His father is running towards him, and he starts seeing the expression on his face the closer as his father gets. And he starts understanding and realizing that there are tears of joy and there's celebration at the return of the son, and the father is excited that his son has come home and all he wants to do is be with his son at that moment. It's all he wants to do. The son has come home. So please understand me this. Jesus isn't mad at you. He doesn't want you to stay away. Jesus His desire is to bring you close and to keep you close. Do you understand me? Jesus wants to spend time with you. Let me tell you this. If you have been away and are maybe in church for the first time in a long time or maybe ever... And you're not sure if God is mad at you or not. Just remember this story because this is a model of how your heavenly Father sees you and wants you to see Him. God the Father wants you close, amen? He wants you in his life. Jesus the son, he died to have you close and it is God the father that runs to meet you where you are. You, you can see all throughout scripture that God over and over again, He's reinforcing the truth that he loves you and wants to be close to you. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. You know, I believe that too many times we move quickly past this verse we see this verse we read this verse oh that's a nice little verse i love that verse it sounds so great and wonderful but i think we move too quickly past this and we think of jesus as standing there at the door he's knocking it and then we open it and jesus hands us a salvation card that says get out of hell free and we take the card. and we say oh that's so nice and then jesus closes the door and he goes on down to the next door And I think that's how we see this. But I think you've got to understand this. You've got to see the level of commitment by Jesus in this verse. And you have to see the level of the heart of heaven towards us. He says that if you hear my voice, note that Jesus is actively calling all of us to himself. If you hear his voice and you open the door, There's some personal responsibility. We have to make the effort. Do you hear me? If we want to spend time with Jesus, we have to make the effort. We have to open the door. We can't just keep the door closed on the relationship with our Savior. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. Why is it we think that the only way that we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ is that we have to be perfect? Jesus spent more time with sinners than he did the saints. Do you hear what I'm saying? But there's some personal responsibility. We have to say yes to the love and the purpose of God for us. But then instead of moving on, it says that if you open the door, I want to come in and I want to eat with you just like he did with Zacchaeus. Now, if you're planning to hang out with someone, what did I tell you? If you just want a short moment with someone, what did I tell you? You offer them coffee. Right? But if you want them to stay at your house for a while, what do you want? Come on in. Let's sit down. Let's have a meal. Can I tell you that Jesus said, Behold. I'm standing at the, he don't want to just hand you a card and walk on down the road. Jesus wants to come in, he wants to hang out, he wants to sit, he wants to eat with you, he wants to have some fellowship with you, he wants to have some time with you, he wants to spend some time with you at the table, and so it's up to us to open that door and receive him in to let him come and hang out with us and be with us. That's the desire of the heart of God towards the people that he loved and created to be with us and close to us. Don't, for a moment, doubt the heart and goodness of God. Don't ever doubt that. Do you hear me? Look at what James tells us in James 4 8, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded This verse is a very powerful verse. It tells us that Jesus loves us and wants to be close to us. He wants to be close to you. But here's the kicker. You have to make a decision to reach out for God. It's not saying that we have to get all fixed up before we come to Jesus. How many of you, if you're going to a fancy place, maybe going to get a fancy dinner, or you're going to Of some kind of, you know, a nice banquet or prom or wherever you're going, what do you do? You go get fancied up, right? You go put your best clothes on. You may have went and bought a dress or a suit or rented something or whatever. And you're going to go and you're going to get all fancied up and you're going to get all dudded up. Can I tell you that when you come to Jesus, you don't have to get all fancied up. You don't have to get all fixed up. You don't have to get all cleaned up before you come to him. Do you hear what I'm saying? You come the way you are. You come the way you are and he receives you in. And he wants to hang out with you. He wants to fellowship with you. If you want more of Jesus, you have to step in. He's not going to force you. Do you hear me? Today's your opportunity to do just that. I want you to take a look at your life. And I want you to examine where where you're in your relationship with Jesus. Are you following him? Or are you trying to follow your own way? I'm closing this service. I want to give you an opportunity to draw closer to Jesus this morning. Maybe this is your first time that you've ever been... Ever done this, or it's been a long time. Jesus wants to be close to you. You just have to open up your heart and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Can we do something this morning? Can we all pray a prayer this morning? Can all of us pray? And then I want to have the worship team come, and they're going to sing a song that I think all of us should know. Can we all pray this prayer? Say, Dear Jesus, I admit that I am a sinner, I confess that I am away from you. I want to be close to you. Today I give my heart to you. Come into my life and make me clean. I want to serve you. I give my life to you. I'm no longer my own. But I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer, I want you to be sure to let someone know. Can we all sing this song this morning? And can we, just, can we just take a moment, just right where you're at, make this song your prayer. It's called Draw Me Close. It's an old song. We should know this. But let's just make that our prayer, right where you're at. Just spend a moment, and let's worship the Lord this morning.